Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you heard all the rave about the new Quick Grill located inside the Be Quick Chevron on Veterans Boulevard? Come visit Be Quick Chevron along with Quick Grill, Be Quick Food Marts, your locally owned hometown convenience store, wherever you are. What is up on a Wednesday? I'm Brian Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator, as always, is Colin Brister. We appreciate you joining us on this Red Wolf Wednesday edition of the podcast. Is that too soon? Oh, I, I thought you said Red Bull, but now it makes sense. No, Red Wolf. Oh, I'm drinking a Red Bull as well, so it really just kind of works twofold. But Red Red Wolf Wednesday, big night for a certain group of Red Wolves. Um, yeah, well, well, big night inning. Yeah, we can we can, we'll go we'll go with that. Um, but yeah, so anyway, well, I guess the introducing the show part kind of flies out the window because one, so. I'll put it to you this way. If we, if you tuned in to do the fire away questionnaire, we did not do that because Colin told me he was going to be dead by now. And <laughs> since he is not dead, we appreciate you prolonging your imminent death to do this podcast. So we won't have questions today. I had a buddy send me one, so we might get to that. But, yeah, so, Colin, actually, what exactly it is you're doing with? I know it is, but just, you you tell it because I'm going to botch it. It was, it was basically just kidney stones, and, and I have broke bones in my body i've broken my arm broken my nose broken a lot of things i have never been in the pain that i was dealing with kidney stones over the past two days it was absolute torture um so, so is, it be- is it better now how does that work uh, oh yeah it's fine now it's just kind of you know pain meds has kind of made me loopy so interesting so how yeah. does it what, what exactly how does that like what what went into the process what did what it got, it actually happened to you uh i mean Kidney stones are basically just formed because of a. Uh, I don't know why they're formed. I'm not smart. I'm not a doctor. Um, I'm a doctor anyway. after this degree now. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, maybe you can assess oh, my baseball problem. Uh, anyways, so uh, they they basically just had to break them up, and I had to pass them. And for the most part, I have, and it was a painful process. But here we are, two days later, it's, it's fine now. Not fine, but you know, okay. Okay, so nice recovering well. God, never get it... kidney stones is a lesson here, kids. You can't help it, but never get them. Okay, that's a good lesson. Uh, I feel like that that's a pretty good lesson to uh, to uh, put out there. So we'll do the we'll do the questions on Friday. How about that? Sure, because sure. nobody's going to want to talk about baseball on Friday. Yeah, see, yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, we'll do it on Friday. That way, we'll we'll get your questions in. We just kind of had it unplanned. I was actually going to cancel this podcast for this week. So anyway. We'll get into that. We'll get into probably some NBA, some other stuff that's just kind of happened. It's getting into kind of the deadish time of the year. Not really yet. You still got like NBA playoffs and stuff, but like fewer games, yeah. fewer stuff. You're kind of you're like the hints of the dog days of summer are here, which is kind of depressing. But that means football, football's around the corner. So we'll just yeah. get into it. Ole yeah, Miss it's... loses six to five to Arkansas State. It blew a four-run lead in the ninth inning. No, three-run three run lead in the ninth inning, excuse me, but a five-run lead by the eighth, correct? It was 5 nothing heading to the eighth. Um, five nothing, two outs in the bottom of the eighth, nobody on. It sounds like Ole Miss has been there before. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah five, five outs means nothing in this program. Um, so, so, so I don't even really know where to start because I'll, I'll put it to you this way. When... I was joking with the the sports information director. I was like, "Look, y'all. I mean, we said it on this podcast. You need to find a way to flood the field and not show up for that game." 
there's no, I was somewhat tongue in cheek because you can't, like, there was nothing for Ole Miss to gain over there by going over there and playing that game. It's just kind of part of the midweek schedule. But it was somewhat tongue in cheek because you didn't think they'd go over there and, like, you know, lose the game. And, and see, here's where I'll, I'll uh, last week I would agree that last night didn't matter. But I thought last night this team needed to go win a baseball game. Okay, yeah, there's I, something to that. That's fair. They needed to go win. And they did. <laughs> to put it for lack of a better word, they didn't. Um, they lost in heartbreaking fashion, and I don't know where this goes from here. You know, I, I think it's probably at this point. I've, look, Parker Crazy had a bad outing; it's his third bad outing in a row. Austin Miller threw 41 pitches on Sunday. They asked him to close the game. That wasn't fair to him. A lot of things aren't fair to these players right now. Um, I think it's probably disingenuous at this point to talk about you know why they lost to Arkansas State and what it kind of probably instead of what it kind of probably means for the program overall. Like I mean, it, at some point, losses just add up, and it, it the, the the failures of this team from a uh, micro standpoint probably aren't the discussion anymore. Yeah, and look for as much as everyone wants to make of this of this team and like managerial stuff and things like that. This bullpen has failed the team immensely, particularly down the stretch. Hey, sorry, we had some technical technical difficulties. There, you good? Yeah. So, you know, for 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 I was basically what I was saying is for all all of like the talk about everything else surrounding this team. This team, like for everything else, the managerial decisions, all that, the bullpen has failed this team immensely down the stretch. Like immensely. I mean, they they have no one in there that can get outs now. No, no, literally I, I not a soul. I mean, Roth, Houston Roth. I, I will. I, I will. I guess I tr- just from if it's me, I trust Austin Miller because I think what happened at State was a one-time outing, uh, and that he couldn't find his breaking ball in the rain. Um, but I don't know how if you're up one run in the ninth inning against Tennessee this week, I don't know how you send Parker Gracie out there at this point. I, I don't. That I don't. You can't. Can you? No, because that's now three times in a row where he's he's he he's been. I mean, ineffective is the right word, but like I don't know if it's strong enough word. Yeah, I mean, he's not throwing strikes, and and that's a problem. Yeah, no, I I would agree. You can't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I, I think. I mean, it's it's a, I think it's as simple as look. His fastball velocity's down a tick or two, and. When he has no confidence in his secondary stuff, which that has been kind of up and down all year, there was a stretch where he didn't have much of it. Then he kind of regained it a little bit, particularly I think with the breaking ball was kind of a little bit more, a little bit more confident in it for that early April stretch, I would say. Then seemingly right. kind of lost it again, and that's been the difference because like when you're a one-trick pony and your one trick kind of lost some luster. Uh, guys are going to figure it out. I mean, like I can't hit a baseball for anything, but if I know a fastball is coming every time and it's not. It's not ninety-five. Then, like, eventually, I feel like I could figure it out. Right. Yeah. Not literally not, me, but you get my point. Right. And there's no fastball movement. So, I mean, his, his, the criticism of him has always been the fastball has no life, and that's fine when you're throwing hard. But if you're not, it's a problem. Um, but look, I mean, it, it it's bad right now. Uh, I mean, just from an overall program standpoint, I don't know. I followed Ole Miss baseball for a long time. I followed, you know, I was I was there in seventeen when this team missed to regional. Uh, I was I was following them in twenty eleven when this team missed to regional. I don't know if it's ever been this vitriolic uh, from an Ole Miss baseball standpoint, just from a fan base perspective, from a from a program perspective. I don't remember it being this vitriolic uh, ever, honestly. 
you know, <laughs> you know who went everywhere when the team was not very good in seventeen. Your boy. <laughs> That was a lot of a lot of fun weekends in hotels. But to your point, that is a good point because seventeen. Look, they were it was the number one class in the country. They were all freshmen. They were struggling to hit. Uh, yeah. it, like it was just kind of like okay, like this is disappointing. We yeah, it was it was understandable. This is just, I mean, I, I just like it, it. It was weird because I didn't watch the game because I didn't want to watch on a single camera string with NBA playoffs on. Sorry, if you want to crucify me for not doing my job, don't care. Um, but I was following along and trying to listen to it some on the radio. And they got up 3 to nothing on a Kevin Graham home run. They tack on a couple runs. I said on the radio yesterday, like, Zach, like, I, like he was like, what do they need from Phillips? I was like, they need Phillips to give them five innings. They, they, yep. they can't have a bullpen day where he goes two and a third and then you're trying to piece together, you know, 18 outs, 19 outs, whatever it is, to – to, you know, try to finish this game that you have to win. And Phillips pitched five and a third shutout innings. Yep. And was and really did good. exactly what you asked him to do. Exactly. And that's the difference with this team is a month ago, even as thinly con- as thinly spread as the bullpen is, yes, they've lacked depth for most of the year because different pieces have been effective and ineffective, excuse me, at different times. But, like, if, Zach, if, like, if I'd have told you a month ago in a midweek game, Zach Phillips gives you five and a third, Ole Miss wins the game going away. Especially in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Yeah, that <laughs> opponent, opponent, opponent. Yeah, I mean the opponent certainly matters, but like, regardless of the opponent, it's kind of like if, you, if Zach Phillips gives you five and a third, you got to win the game. Yeah. Well, I, I've never. I don't understand how you get embarrassed like they did against Mississippi State over the weekend, and then you go to Jonesboro, Arkansas, and let, let me make this clear: Arkansas State pitched guys that will not pitch this weekend because this game didn't matter. They have to make the conference tournament. So if they – and their coach said it. If they had a chance of pitching this weekend, they did not pitch in this game. So you're facing Arkansas State backup midweek pitching, and you score five runs and you go one for 16 with runners in scoring. It's like, come on. At some point, it's just a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, and I, I believe I, I caught pieces and parts of Bianco's post-game interview with with Keith Kessinger on the radio. Well, I was about to say I believe that was one of the things he said. Was it not? As the offense is just not producing, and you think, oh, five runs, that's kind of weird. But to your point, you know, they're, they're throwing. Right yeah, they're they're throwing uh, like just dudes, just kind of dudes to throw them out there. And it's one thing if an SEC team is just throwing dudes right. against you, but at Arkansas State, the uh, the fun belt is not exactly blazing out of the bullpen. Well, they threw a kid last night that pitched four innings and didn't give up an earned run who had a nine ERA coming into the game. And they scored one run in the last four innings, and it wasn't even earned. It was on error. So that's kind of what's fascinating about this team. From Look, as mad as people are from a coverage perspective, this team has been fascinating to cover because it, you have guys like that that do that to them, but then they beat some of the front line of the front line SE, like Friday night arms in the SEC. It makes no sense. Tanner Burns can't stay on the mound for four innings. Yeah, they beat Asa Lacy. They were okay against Zach Thompson. Like I just, I, I, what it, what is, what is it to like? What is that? Why, why is that happening? Why is the like, it, like everyone was like, oh, they're kryptonites, a soft tossing lefty, lefty. Okay, I believe that to a degree. But the kid from Arkansas State, he wasn't left-handed, was he not? Nope. Right-handed. Yeah, exactly. And so, throwing 87, 88. So, what is that? Because I think it's expanded beyond the soft tossing lefty. It's any kid that kind of gro- like thumbs, grooves, whatever you want to call it. The ball well, in there kind of lollipops it. 
They don't like. Is it focus? Or are they not used to seeing it? No. I don't understand. No, it's it's a mindset that. Uh, oh hell, I'll just say it. They, they're they're taught from the time they step on campus to pull everything. Um, and when you do that against a guy that throws 86 to 87, it's not going to work. You're going to ground out to the second baseman if you try to pull everything. Uh, consult the Tennessee Tech game film. Uh, it, that's what it is. When when guys are throwing that soft into the zone, you're supposed to take the ball to the opposite field, and nobody on this team is taught to take the ball to the opposite field um, and hasn't been for 19 years. So that's kind of what it is. when they face, and, and it's been that way for a while. When they face guys that don't throw that hard, they struggle. And that's the reason behind it. See, that's probably frustrating to people hearing that because is that's probably something that's fairly fixable, like fairly yep. easily fixable, I would say. Yep. But when you're taught for 19 years to pull everything, um, is what it is. And, and you're going to face guys that throw 86, 87, and you're going to not be able to hit the ball in the left field. And Chris Lamonis exposed that this weekend. I mean, they pulled everything into the shift. And now, look, you, you don't just try to go opposite field just because they're shifting. But to not be able to do it at all, uh, I mean, that that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and so, I mean, I'm not going to go through this game and break down what happened uh, and all that stuff. This point. But it, it's just, I mean, like, I was following it along. I kind of zoned out for the 8th and ninth because it's 5 nothing, then it's 5-2, like, whatever. And then Crazy can't get anybody out. Did he record an out? He got one out, yes. Okay, well, that's, yeah. Anyway, um, so okay, so then explain to me because I had kind of halfway fallen asleep, and then after it happened, I woke back up, sent a couple of texts to just being like, "Hey, how how, how does that work? Is this a real score?" And then like Richard called me, and we talked for a, a bit about just kind of like how that happened or whatever. Because Richard was kind of the same way. He was like, "I I just I I like tuned out. Like I don't understand what's going on." So 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 the ending of the game, Miller comes in with the tying run on second base. Gives up a base hit and Olenek whiffed. So the tying run scores. There was a guy on first and Olenek whiffed the ba- fielding the base hit. Yes, and Ole Miss could have thrown him out at home, uh, and they threw the ball too high to Cooper Johnson. So, <laughs> you know, it just kind of is what it is at this point. Uh, it's a comedy errors, really. So this create this is an interesting dynamic because I'd like to dive into this part of the discussion a little bit too. Yes, this is very bad. And I'm not about to, like, sugarcoat it or, like, make any, like, oh, well, actually, they're fine. I'm not doing that, so stick with me. Yes, this is bad. But if they if you, if you figured out after the state weekend they likely weren't going to host, does this in a vacuum actually matter? Because yeah. when you look at – okay, when you look at the way this season was set up, no amount of success in the – Post and in the regular season was really going to matter to fans and people like that. Obviously, it matters because you get to play baseball at home and the failures and stuff like that. Like the failure matters because it's, it's the flip side of it. If you don't like, if you don't succeed, you're going to put yourself in worse position for the postseason. My point being, if they weren't going to host, the only thing saving this whole ship was a deep postseason run. So, does this matter in a vacuum? Okay, in a vacuum, no. Uh, does it matter that you were up five to nothing on Arkansas State and your All-American closer blew the save uh, after getting swept by your arch rival? You'd have a hard time convincing me that it doesn't wear on you mentally. Um, Fair and enough. That, that's not going to allow you to win in the postseason. I don't think this program is winning in the postseason. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm not sure there's many more wins left on the schedule after last night because I just don't know where this team's at mentally. You can't go one for 16 with runners in scoring position against Arkansas State. 
uh, and so and say no, hold on, you can't do that and sell the fact that you're mentally checked in. Is what? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so where's this program at from a mental standpoint? Look, if they go sweep Tennessee, nothing's off the table. I don't think this program's sweeping Tennessee. I don't think this team's winning two at Tennessee. Um, Tennessee needs wins, and and Ole Miss is just in a funk right now, uh, to put it kindly. So what do you do? Like, where do you go from here? Like, do you pull the old, the old crusty ball coach, bury the baseball and bats in the dirt or whatever? You know? No. Have like, uh, didn't you freeze? Didn't he? He he had his own funeral. Is that? Is yeah. That, yeah. Can't go that move, can you? No. 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 God. No. God. <laughs> um, moving on. You got to do something. You got to do it in the bullpen, right? Though, if you do your own funeral, it's already kind of a box oh, yeah, in and yeah, of itself. Yeah. 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 Okay. I just about said something we'd had to delete. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. This team has to figure out a way to play loose. And I don't know how to do it. Uh, you know, they to me on Sunday they they lose the game and then they go in on Monday and grind out a two and a half hour practice. Man, that had just been a day to go to the pool and chill out. Like just forget baseball exists for three hours because this team is playing just wound up. Just relax and play because I don't think it's. Out that the, the talent is there to, to win baseball games. Just chill out, just go play. And and Mike's not been able to do that this year. He's not been able to get these guys to just play. That's what the 2014 team was so good at. Uh, and to, I'll be honest, you know, everybody gets on the last year for losing Tennessee. State. That's what the 2018 team was so good about. They just wouldn't play. And whatever happened, happened. It, this team just to me seems like that everything is, is a game five of an LDS. Like, everything, anything that goes wrong, they freak out. And they've not been able to manage that this year. And, and I think if you're going to have any success going forward, you got to figure out a way to manage that. Um, you got to figure out a, a way to get this team to play loose. So here's my second crazy conspiracy of the day. And this is just me throwing random thoughts at the wall. But if this was going to be the case, because I had a conversation with someone like, I would say, I guess I was still in Ohio, so this was last July, after the whole Black Monday thing happened and they got beat in the regional last year. And what's to say this team, and the way we framed the discussion at the time was, wouldn't it help this team if they played a regional at home, got through the regional, and then went and played a super on the road to get out of that environment? Well, you're talking about staying loose and, and just going to play with as as big as as big of a nosedive as the end of this regular season has done, would it? Is there any scenario where going on the road for the entire postseason just helps them because they're not? They know they're like at that point you're not expecting anyone to do anything. The expectations feel like it's off the shoulders, and you just kind of play with house money. Is there anything to that? Maybe, um, but when your coach is over in road regionals, I mean it doesn't exude confidence. Um, frankly, I think you know there's been a lot of statistics thrown out. One Omaha appearance in 19 years, one one super regional in 10 years. And I get all that. Uh, the biggest indictment is the no road regional. They, they've never won a road regional. Brian, they played two games to win a road regional. They they haven't even been competitive. No, I would agree. I would agree with that. Like uh, as bad as the as bad as the the super regional win game one and not get through to Omaha happened three times. As bad as not getting out of your last two home regionals again is, I would agree that probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest indictment, is the fact that in all those years, they've never gone on the road and won a regional. And, like, that happens all the time in college baseball. That's not like some, like, like, that's not a 16 beating a 1. That's almost like a 5-12 if you want to put it in a basketball NCAA tournament sense. It's not even that if you're the two seed, though. 
No, no, I, I would agree with that, but I'm just talking about an overall frequency of it occurring in the two seed oh, winning sure. the whole thing. It's probably 5-12-ish in the NCAA basketball yeah. tournament. It happens all the time. It'll happen four to five times last year. Hell, it's happened to Ole Miss three times. I mean, you know, that that's the biggest indictment. So while what you're saying, I understand, I completely get you know, you get out of that pressure-packed environment. Where I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just kind of throwing stuff at the wall here right. because this team is so perplexing, I found myself doing that six or seven times this year. <laughs> and that's fair, but when there's zero track record of it, I don't know. I don't know if you can exude confidence from that. Um, I'll be honest. Do you expect this team to play in a Super Regional? I do not expect this team to play in a Super I, Regional. I, I, I Although, at the same time, if you told me that they went nuts in a regional and this was the year they made it through. As as weird as everything that's gone down this year, and I'm going to sound like an idiot for saying this, I don't care. It wouldn't stun me. It would not. It really wouldn't because of everything. I mean, because of the strangeness of this season to where they've gone to LSU, they've gone to Arkansas in one, and then just laid eggs, like littered across the rest of the schedule. Like It wouldn't stun me. Okay, here is their only saving grace. They've got one, well two things working for them. They got horses on Friday and Saturday. That can beat anybody in the country. That's it. That's the only thing you've got. And if those guys win two games, you're two and zero. Oh, you're probably winning the regional. That's what I told oh, Borky yesterday. I was like, "Look, as weird as this team is, you take care of business with Etheridge on Friday, and assuming Ole Miss is a two or a three seed, like I'm probably not. I wouldn't necessarily bet against them with Doug Nikhazy on the mound against a one seed. The other problem team does with, have to score. What? Uh, the other team does have to score at some point. Like I mean, if they don't, the other team doesn't score. It doesn't matter. How tight the offense is, they're not going to win. No, yeah, no, I agree with that. But my issue with that is now, and like I would have believed that wholeheartedly two weeks ago, but like there's no one in the bullpen that is getting people out, which would seem potentially pro- pro- problematic. Like if Miller can get right, and he's been kind of up and down, and Crazy is, and this seems like a big if at this point, but if Crazy kind of just regroups, I mean, that's going to be the difference. They're going to have to, like, I've said the three-headed monster of the bullpen isn't enough. They're going to have to have at least three guys to have any prayer. Yeah, well, Tyler Myers was good last night-ish. He was good against State, if I remember correctly. Um, So maybe they're getting a little bit more out of him. But, I mean, look, we can talk about the bullpen all we want. I don't think this team's playing in a super regional. Uh, uh, Oh, yeah, no, no, this was crazy conspiracy theory throw stuff at the wall because... What do you do after a 6-5 loss to Arkansas State other than just start drumming up wild stuff? Well, and I think if, if this team doesn't advance to Super Regional, another discussion becomes prevalent. But, you know, and I'm, here's where I'm... It's a discussion people are having right now, though. Is it time to make a change? Is it time, I guess, things gone stale? And look, the way I've answered, because I got this, I went on Ben's podcast yesterday and we got 10 different versions of this question. I'll put it this way. If it does flame out like it looks like it's going to flame out, the answer is probably yes. But to make the declaration right now is, to me, a bit premature in the sense that this entire season setup was, what are you going to do in the postseason? We don't, like, like, not I say we, like anyone looking, like like anyone out looking at this program from an outside lens that is not, like, in the program, what are you going to do for me in the postseason? What are you going to do then? That was kind of the whole way this season was set up. And so until they actually get through the postseason and succeed or fail or whatever it is, then like the final nail hasn't been hit. And I know I'm going to sound like obtuse for saying that or whatever because as bad as things have gotten, I'm not obtuse. I understand like like I understand why the discussion is being had right now. I'm just saying until it like actually happens, 
That's the, that, that was the whole dynamic of the season. Because if you look at on the flip side of it, say they just raked through this entire regular season, they're number three, four national seed like they were last year, and they don't get through a home regional, it's the same result as going on the – they don't get through another home regional. It's the same result as going on – this team fought, failing and going on the road and flaming out, is it not? It's the same end result. Uh, I will disagree a little bit and that – uh, dude, there's no way a change wouldn't have been made if they if they if this team had had fallen through a, another home regional. I don't know, man. How, how do you how do you if this team's the number three overall national seed and they go twenty and ten? I don't know how you can how you can make a change there. Even if you uh, fail in another regional at home, that's three home regionals in a row that would have happened. I understand, but okay, I, I, that's fair. That's fair. I'm just saying it feels like it would have been the same result either way. It, it, it would have, but I think what this regular season done is, is re, it's removing that possibility. I, I don't think, like, I don't think... Oh, it's, it's certainly done that. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that saves... Tell I said, I don't think there's anything that saves Mike Bianco except for winning a regional. I, at this point, do whatever. Hell, even if they get back into the hosting perspective and they're the number 15 national seed, I think that's different than being the number two national seed. Um, and they lose a home regional now, yeah, I think it's about to change. And, and I, I don't, I don't want to speculate for all of you. I'm just saying it, at that point with the way this regular season's going, I don't under, I don't know how you're going to get fan support if you don't do something drastically different after this year if this doesn't end in a super regional in Omaha. Yeah, and my argument was that was that, that, that whether it was on the road, like you said at this point with this team, then now that like the only thing that saves them is winning a regional. My argument was is wherever they played that regional, however the regular season went, that was going to be it anyway. I think that's how this whole season was framed. I could be wrong, but I think the entire season, success, failure, whatever, was to win a regional. You, you can't get knocked out in the regional stage again, like is what like the mindset kind of is in February, in my opinion. So, so I mean, let's just – how does Ole Miss win a regional at this point? Like, What do you do from now – let's just assume this team is not playing baseball in Oxford, Mississippi again this season. What do you do from, what's today, the 15th? What do you do from May 15th to June the 2nd, or whatever, I don't know the date, to, to get prepared to win a regional? Like, what goes into to Tennessee and to Hoover to get prepared to go to North Carolina and win a regional? Small ball, practice bunting. Oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I would throw a couple of suggestions out there in the sense that you – I say this, you can't really afford to. Like I, They can't afford to go get swept at Tennessee. No, they're missing, that they are missing the postseason if they don't win another game. I'm telling you. No, I still think they'd probably be a three seed, but I, your argument is valid in the sense that, man, they'd be sweating it if they lost out. Whew. But my point being – is what I was going to say was, don't you just kind of throw some different guys in the bullpen just to see yep. if any sort of life sparks up? I mean, you throw Myers, you throw Miller, you throw Caracy, you throw Chofi. You, you kind of know what you have in Roth, it seems like. he As weird as this season's been, he was one of the most inconsistent guys for the first couple of months, and part of that was injury. Now he's like your guy, which is kind of a perfect microcosm of how this how Bianco's had to manage this bullpen because it's just been kind of a mixed bag. You don't know what you're going to grab. But my point being, you throw Chofi, you throw... I mean, you, you throw Broadway, you throw Caleb Hill, just see what you got. Yeah. See who can yeah. get anyone out. Yeah. And then you just kind of formulate a plan of how you're, who you trust to come out of the bullpen in the postseason. And the second thing would be is like... I mean, this sounds ridiculous, but like... 
I would, in my in my opinion, if you're going to the postseason knowing that like that's the only thing that's saving you, you got to get through. I'm anyone that can that can get that can extend for any period of time has a shot at the third, like starting a third game. Anyone. Yeah. Well. Okay. Here, I want to present a scenario. Parker Crazy's been terrible closing games. Do you just try something else there? Maybe let him start Sunday. I don't know. I try. I think we know the answer to that, but it's probably. But if it's you, like if you're managing this baseball team, do you try to get that kid in a different atmosphere? Yeah, I would try it. I mean, Gunnar Hogland's not the answer right now. I mean, let's just keep it real. Um, I'd like to you, see Zach Phillips. I'd like to just see it run out there again and tried. Instead of running out there with the bases loaded? Yeah, yeah exactly, because he doesn't do well with guys on base. He's been serviceable as a starter for five weeks now. Yeah. Why but not try it? They didn't have a midweek game last year. He pitched the best game of the season against Mississippi State. His best game of the season may be topped by last night. I don't really know. I'll have to look at the numbers. Why Why do you think he wasn't tried then? Against who? State on Sunday. Oh, I, who knows? I mean, you know. Uh, and people Gunner are going to be like, oh, well, he wasn't good when he came in. Well, coming in with inherited runners out of the bullpen is entirely different than starting a game. And Phillips is, Phillips is living, breathing proof of that. Because well, here's the answer. Mike made his mind up on Tuesday that Gunner was going to start. And then why announce TBA if he did that? Well, why does Mike do a lot of things? Fair um, enough. I mean, Mike makes his mind up that this guy's going to start. This guy's going to be the first out of the bullpen. This guy's going to be the second. Really, frankly, there's not there's not much of an adjustment to that. You kind of stick to the script, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So I guess we'll. This is kind of the conversation we'll shift to putting a bow on it. With as much talent is on this team, like looking at this from a coverage perspective and just kind of looking at like the big picture, is this team really going to go down with a whimper? Like there's not going to be any sort of last stand where they play decent baseball and you kind of like like think, okay, maybe they'll do this again. This is it. Like this, they're not like to, something to me. There just seems to me to be too much talent on the team for them to not like alter directions one more time, I guess, in terms of how they play. Like, there's no last stand of you get hot in Hoover or you win a couple games and feel better about yourself getting in the postseason, whatever it is. This is it? I don't know. I, maybe. Brian, a week ago we were talking about this team and, and you know, if they win a game against State. They're 15 and 9. They're 15 and 9 in SEC play. Literally a week ago. Um, and now we're talking about a different conversation. And, and so, no, I, I don't know. That's been I this mean, team like, all year, though. That's a, yeah. that's been exactly what they are. I, I don't know. Like to, to answer your question, I don't know. I, 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 they didn't seem to have the fire in them in Arkansas State last night. They seemed to be going through the motions, which to me is unacceptable after you get embarrassed like you did at home against Mississippi State. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see starting tomorrow if, if this team, uh, you know, mentally checked in. I don't think it's uh, like a lot of people are saying, oh, they've quit. No, they haven't quit. That's not. They've not physically quit. I isn't that what makes this fascinating, though? Is like I understand from like a fan base perspective, people are upset and they're probably checked out. But like just watching, like I have no idea what's going to happen down this stretch. Like I, I really have no clue. And like usually you can kind of predict it. I kind of have an idea where it's going to go. But like I really like like I I don't know. It's it to me it's still going to be fascinating to watch it all come to a close. Like I guess I told, whichever way told, it is. If I told you this team. All right, here's two different scenarios. You, you tell me which one's more likely. This team, all right, they've got three games against Tennessee. They've got one against 
uh, whoever in the SEC tournament. If I told you this team went 0-6 to finish the year or or they went 2-0 and to start a regional, which one are you taking? Oh, God. Oh. <coughs> I, I think I know which one I'm taking. I'm going to sound like a dolt for saying 2-0 and in a regional, but I don't think they're going 0-6. And I think that I think it's more possible than you do, which is fine. Um, but I, well, I don't. Really? I don't know where the team gets gets. You know, I don't know where they get it. At. They're going to go zero and six with Will Etheridge and Doug Nikhazy starting wow. games against Tennessee. They're going to hit. I mean, like uh, they just scored five runs against Arkansas State's midweek pitching. Uh, but you know that that part I guess is fair that that Will Etheridge and Doug Nikhazy are going to start those games. Two, four uh, of them. That's four starts. Uh, it's five starts, actually, because I know Mike's going to throw Will Etheridge on Tuesday in the SEC tournament because that's what Mike does. Um, no, he's so not. Uh, dude, he does it every year. He did it with Brady Bramlett in 16. The only reason he didn't do it in 17 was James McCarthy was horrible. Well, to be uh, fair, in 16, that team was trying to get a national seed out of Hoover. He did it. <laughs> you know, just. He doesn't have problems. He did it with Mike Myers in 2013. Uh, he did it with Bobby Wall in 2012. Uh, you know, it, I, I, Will Etheridge will throw on Tuesday. I'd bet my life on it. What did he do last year? Uh, well, they played on Wednesday, so they threw Rollison. They had the day off on Tuesday. That's right. Um, yeah. I, so five out of the six, they're going to start five out of the next six games, and you're giving them O, and you'd say it's more likely they're O and six than two and O. I know how ridiculous two and O in a regional sounds at this point, but O and six is just even more preposterous with them pitching, oh, yeah. is it not? The question is, its essence was kind of uh, out there. But yeah, I mean the answer here is neither one of those is going to happen. But what is more <laughs> likely is like it's it's a real mind pretzel. Um, so that's about all the thoughts I've got on baseball. I thought about it for a little bit. What? We just talk about softball. Yeah, so we actually, after, about a couple hours after this recording, we'll have a media availability with Coach Mike Smith. Ole Miss softball is hosting a regional. We talked about it on on Monday's show a little bit. They have a 50-4 and four ULL team um, coming in. Um, I, I would be interested to see the people's postseason beards in the stands because when Ole Miss went down there in 14, the players' <laughs> postseason beards were a sight to behold. And I don't, even, I don't mean that as an insult. They were awesome. Do you remember how yeah. great of beards that team had? Yeah, Jace Conrad, and uh, yeah, they had, they, had, they had some facial hair. Those dudes could grow a mane. And so I'll be <laughs> interested to see, like, some of their fans, obviously, like, like, like which one of the, like, any of their male fans are on the playoff beard train again, because that was, that was really, really fun to, to watch. So are you, are you covering softball this weekend? So I have a wedding to go to in Memphis, and so I have a credential. I'm going to try to cover as much of it as I possibly can. I don't really know. Uh, but I have a wedding I can't really skip. Uh, so I'll do most of it. I'll obviously be at the press conference and all of that today. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you talk about a coach that's built something from the ground up. When Mike Smith got here in 20 – what did he get here? 20, 15. What? 15. It's really only been 15? So yeah. when he got here, I always love throwing out this stat. He, Ole Miss had never scored a run in the <laughs> SEC tournament. Never scored a run. They played in it one time, right? Before he got here? I believe so. Never scored a run. <laughs> Not won a game. Like, played in it once or twice. Never scored a run in the SEC tournament. And now he has them hosting for the second time in three years, correct? Yes, correct. 
And so I did a, I've done a couple long stories on Smith over the years, and it's fascinating to me. He's a military background. His dad was a Navy SEAL. He grew up on a, I say Navy SEAL, I might actually have that wrong. His, his father was in the military, and he grew up at a military base right outside of San Diego. And just like his like tedious, like tactical approach to softball is fascinating because it's kind of everything in his military background. And so the way he's just like built this job up because this was an absolute laughing stock of a program when he got there and he's built it up into a national power. I mean this I mean they're they're hosting they for the second time in three years. They have a chance to go to the World Series this year. Whereas in, in, in seventeen they really didn't because they were gonna have to go through one seat at uh, UCLA. This team could win a super regional and play in Oklahoma City this year. And that to me is just wild. So here's my second favorite Mike Smith stat that I found from one of these stories. I was about to look back up. So when Mike Smith was getting his start in softball, he inherited a club program at an NAIA school called Biola University. If you're from around Mississippi and you don't know what NAIA is, that would be the equivalent of Bellhaven taking their club softball team and turning it into a varsity sport. The club softball team, when Mike Smith took over, their record all-time was 17 and 131. Do you know what Mike Smith went in his first year? What was it? 22 and 23, and the year after that, they finished fourth in the country. Maybe the baseball team just needs to hire him. That's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. He inherited a club program that was 17 and 131. So a club sport going to varsity that had won 17 of 148 games, and he almost finished 500 the first year. That is absurd. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. I mean, that's just I mean, laughable. Like, look, I, he's intense. He can be rigid at times. I get all that, but like, you can't tell me that doesn't work. No, it absolutely, it obviously works. They're hosting original. How does that? It's amazing because I attended softball games in 2014 for for reasons unknown to me. <laughs> that program was nothing, and, and five years later, hosting as the 11 seed like it wasn't even close. Yeah, I mean, hats off to them. Um, I think they probably got a pretty tough draw with ULL as the two seed from the little research I've done, and so. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but hats off to them. They deserve it. Um, you know, they have a good, as good a shot as any of going back to the second, their second Super in three years um, and a decent shot to, to make it to Oklahoma City for the World Series. So good on them. We'll have coverage at supertalk.fm. Uh, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, if this team makes the Women's College World Series, where do you go? Do you go to the re- the baseball regional or the uh, or Oklahoma City? Uh, my company will probably say baseball regional, although there's probably a better argument uh, for the latter. Um, so I don't know. It'll be interesting, but yeah. So good to them. Good, I mean, good on them. We'll have like video and 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 coverage at SuperTalk.fm from their press conferences afternoon and throughout the weekend. Um, Real quick before we get into uh, some NBA stuff, where where does the men's golf team stand? Do you know? So they shot one of their best rounds ever in the NCAA tournament yesterday. I'm not sure where they stand, but I can look that up. They have one more day of stroke play. Which, and I think top five advance. Yes, top five advance, and the top 30s go to nationals, and that's when they whittle it down to eight for the match play. Okay. Um, But they're in decent position. Okay. So today, I think, is the last round, or is it tomorrow? 
Uh, no, I believe today is. It was a three-round deal. I'll, uh, I will make sure. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. For some reason, I want to say they were in fifth to finish. They today. are in fifth. They're okay. uh, so they're. It's George, It's Stanford, Arizona State, North Carolina, Georgia Southern, Ole Miss in the regional. They are three shots clear of LSU, four shots clear of UNC Greensboro, and just eight shots clear of South Florida, which is Coach Malloy's old school. Um, so three up on LSU. Yeah, and, and the top five will advance to nationals. How 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 big is a three stroke lead in, in college? Oh, uh, not very big. That can be like particularly in team golf when you're talking about four scores that count. That's a uh, not very big, but I mean it's it, it's like the fact they're in good position. Like, don't get me wrong, but like they they got they've got to bring it again today. Okay. So that's something to monitor. Um. Yep. So that's really all I've got on the old Miss front. Um. Interesting. Int- oh, uh, Josh Clark transferred football linebacker. Um. That oh. second transfer. I don't think that was something that was necessarily surprising. He, too, I believe, was suspended during the spring. Um. So are you going to play linebacker for Ole Miss this year? Yeah, I mean they're like they're, those two like aren't the most critical pieces, I guess you could put it that way. But like you, bodies. they're bodies exactly, and like you, your Ole Miss has no no room to be to be losing depth at linebacker. So yeah, I mean they're probably going to be like to to me like with that. Don't you think they're going to be in the transfer market this summer? Is there a transfer market this summer? I don't like, know. I mean, hell, they brought that they brought that kid from Oregon State a couple years ago that would turned out to not be any good. Rommel Mayeo, remember him? He was all Pac-12 allegedly. Uh, Hugh Freeze told us that uh, he was he was going to be uh, Patrick Willis. Anyways, uh, I remember that guy walking out to practice field the first day. The first day we were out there for fall camp, and I was like, "Oh, they're right. This guy's gonna this guy's gonna kick ass." And then like, no, he did not. Yeah, it was not not great, not great. Um, I mean, maybe yeah. If if there's a transfer market in the summer, you should probably get in it if you're on Miss. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's tough. And so, like, I mean, there's not much you can do about it, though. I mean, like, wait, did we talk about Kadeem Sai? No, we did not. I shoot. So I, I keep my days mixed up. I can't remember if like. <laughs> yeah, when he committed, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't remember if we did that on Monday show or not. But no, of course that happened after. So Ole Miss Monday night got a huge basketball commitment from Kadeem Sai. Uh, a Dean C. Uh, excuse me, a Dean C. So I was just, I can't believe I just did. So I spent a day and a half like making fun of Ben for saying Kadeem Sai as he talks about it. It's, the kid's name is actually Hadeem C. And I just did it again. So Ole Miss gets a commitment from Hadeem C. If you look at how his number is, like, I mean, his name is like spelled, it looks like Kadeem Sai. I actually had a couple people like in the process of like trying to like keep up with it somewhat, say Kadeem Sai. It is Hadeem C. He is a uh-huh. 6'10 forward. Started his career at Virginia Tech. Uh, got him from Daytona State Community College. It is a huge get for Kermit Davis and Ole Miss. They yeah. beat out Pittsburgh and East Carolina. And like the cliche thing to say when someone picks up like a commitment like this is like, oh, it's a it's a perfect fit. This really is in terms of like a sheer like skill set and on-court thing. This is exactly what they were missing last year. A rim-protecting yeah. big who can stretch the floor and shoot. So he, he can shoot it well enough to, to be guarded on the three-point line? Made 32 of 103-point attempts at Daytona State last year. That will play. That will play. And if he's any count on defense, he's better than what Ole Miss had last year. Correct. And, you know, if, if for those like if, for those of you like thinking back to the NCAA tournament game, 
this kid would have made a world of difference in that game against Oklahoma, against Oklahoma's smaller bigs who just tore Ole Miss to shreds. Um, like, like thinking about Doolittle and a couple of those other guys, this would have made a difference, and this is kind of what they were missing. And so Ole Miss, obviously, their front court play was very bad last year. Cy fits in perfectly. His teammate Bryce Williams is in this signing class as well. Um, he was former high school teammates with Devontae Shure, developed a pretty close relationship with them there. It's a big get for them. Yeah, and, it, and frankly, it was one they had to get because I don't know where they go if they don't get him. Um, Some grad gonna, transfer you don't like as much. Yeah, and and I, I mean, look, it's what May fifteenth again. Right now, if you're projecting this out, this is the NCAA tournament team again, right? Yes, uh, as as constructed, this is an NCAA tournament team again. Yes, and which is insane. But, I'd like to see how it all. Like, I hate making declarations like that because I'd like to see how it all fits. But they're good enough. I mean, it's gonna look. They're probably gonna lose some non-conference games early. Non-conference games they shouldn't because they're gonna have to build chemistry with all these new guys, and they don't have a trip to go to wherever they went last year to Canada. Yeah, they do um, not have the luxury of a Canada trip, so they will be figuring this out in real games. Yeah, so they're they're gonna drop a game to God knows who, and, and people are gonna get pissed off on the message boards, and that's fine. But I, I think once you roll into January and February, this team is gonna be. Frankly, I think this team's better this year than or this upcoming year than it was last year. Um. Yes, I would agree with that because of what Kermit Davis he talked about it literally in his post game presser from Oklahoma. I mean, he wasted no time talking about how he's trying to mold this team into more of his image and kind of the style he plays. He's like bodies have to change, personnel's got to change, and he's done that. There's been turnover. You know, Dominique Olenichek's out. Um, he went to Florida State to play basketball, and uh, obviously, so this this is the kind of guy that Kermit Davis like like this is more of his type of big. Like, it's a 6'10 guy who can play on the perimeter a bit, can shoot. Like, as Kermit Davis tries to get this to more, like, positionless basketball, and obviously you're not going to ever go completely positionless because you just don't have guys. Like, you can't ever get four or five guys that can play everywhere. But this is closer to it. And he's a guy that can guard the perimeter. He can stretch it out. He can shoot it a little bit. Like, this team will look much closer to what Kermit Davis kind of wants his program and style to look like next year than it did last year. Because last year was just a bunch of misfit pieces that could score in the backcourt. I think that's exactly right, and and he kind of just try to gel it together. This team actually is going to probably look closer to what Kermit wants it to look like. Yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. And so, like, I, like, I, it'll be interesting to see where where C fits in because I'm not a hundred percent like. Like, I think Carlos Curry is going to contribute next year. I'm just not sure how much. Like, in an ideal world, Carlos Curry for this team is probably a role player. And if he's asked to be any more than that, then they're in trouble. But I think, see, like, I think I think he helps that. I think I think Hadeem helps that. I think sense. he starts. Yeah, I, I, I think so. It's just, I, I don't know. Like, do you... Like, I, I would I would advise to like temper expectations a bit on this like on him in this group because there's always an adjustment period and so I don't know what it's going to turn out to look like but like don't count out Carlos Curry yet either though I don't think they want to be like have to trust him as much like as, like they don't want to have to trust him as a major piece like he needs to be a role player and I think this helps with that and so it I mean it'll be interesting you got some interesting pieces with with this next year particularly kind of in the front court like. Does Buffin, does KJ Buffin kind of get bigger and stronger to where he can play in the front court for longer stretches? What does Blake Henson look like? And then, of course, you know, in the back court, you have you know Tyree and Shuler and, and a is couple. That a missile 
yet? Like I'm, we all know they're probably coming back. They announced they're coming back. Yet. No, they. I don't. I don't believe they've announced it yet. But like, I, I would be very, very shocked if they've, if, if they've, yeah. I, I would be kind of surprised. So, it's, it's, it's a big get for Kermit Davis, and these are the type of kids he's going to have to land more consistently to kind of, like, differenti- differentiate himself. I say differentiate himself. To have more consistent success than other people have had. Would you not agree? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, this is the type of kid that, that uh, you know, AK had, had his faults, and this was one of them. He never landed this type of kid. And, and you know, so I think he actually probably did, and, and Zeke's, what was it? I can't. It, the kid that wound up at Maryland after AK resigned. Anyways, but AK never consistently landed these kids, so I think that is the, the differentiator, as you said, is, is the ability to land this type of kid. So, it's a big get, and then, I mean, I don't know, I'll be interested to see kind of what this team looks like and how it fits, because I do think they're going to be some growing pains early, because they don't have the benefit of a Canada trip, like they're going to have to work out because remember last year they were deep into December or early January still kind of like shaved down the rotation and stuff like that. And I think there's going to be more of that, maybe not quite as much. But um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. The first couple months with this team will be interesting to see kind of how he moves the pieces because he has more options. Where last year it felt like he just kind of kept having to jam a square peg it'll, into a round hole and get it to fit as best as possible. Like last year, uh, it'll be less of this. Last year, Kermit used the, uh, the bench as a corrective tool. And Kermit would just get pissed Rapid off. Rapid fire substitution. <laughs> would just get pissed off and send somebody. And you look up and like KJ Buffett had sat down for 15 seconds. And then I'll actually be interested to see if it's less of that, because I think well, he knew he had a bunch of misfits last year. And like, like, not I say misfits. That like sounds like demeaning towards him, but just, just very strange pieces that didn't necessarily were supposed to gel with each other. And so I think he could afford to do that more. Right. And like now I'll be interested to see kind of how he tempers that type of substitution using the bench as a tool or a punishment, whatever you want to call it. I wonder if there'll be less or more of that. I would think there'll be more because you got more guys to play. Last year they didn't have the guys to play. Of course, they didn't really stop him either. That's true. But in a, in a certain sense, you kind of want to, like, like it's going to be having a hard time to see what fits and what doesn't if you're rapid-firing substitution like that, particularly at the like in the beginning of the season. Right. No, yeah, that's fair for sure. So... Yeah, so that's about all I've got for today. Um, we kind of put this together last minute because Colin put off his imminent death. And so, oh, we have one question from my friend Judge who listens to this podcast all the time. Should I save it for Friday? Uh, I mean, what's the question? Um, yeah, I'm saving this for Friday. We're going to save it for Friday. We'll take your questions on Friday. Okay. All right, yeah, so, nobody, yeah, nobody wants to talk about baseball. Yeah, so we'll 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 do kind of a, a, a rapid fire Friday type of thing to where you can just kinda of ask whatever. So we appreciate listening to this Wednesday edition for Colin Brister. I am Brian Scott Rippey. We'll be back at it on Friday if Colin is still alive. That's a good point. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.